Welcome to the Aspieland Podcast. I'm your host, John Allen. Come with me on an adventure into the world of Asperger's Syndrome, also called Autism Spectrum Disorder. Everyone is welcome here, whether you have the disorder or you're interested in learning more about it. We're here to help you understand, share, and relate. We're just about to get started, so come on in. Welcome once again to Aspieland. I'm John Allen, and Kathy and I are together once again. Yes, yes, yes. We're back <laughs> to do part two of the neurodiverse marriage. We're going to pick up right where we left off. But before we get started, if you're new to this podcast, you're in a place of real acceptance. It's our goal to help those of you who have Asperger's Syndrome Autism Spectrum Disorder to understand the neurotypical world, but also for neurotypicals to understand the Aspie world. And we do that by looking at life through each other's eyes. So let's get right into it. We finished up last week by talking a lot about communications and transparency and a whole host of other things. And we've given you a lot of examples from our own marriage. This visit, we're going to do more of the same, but this time we're going to try to make it so that we give you more ideas. And encouragement. And some encouragement, yes, as well, to help things along. We talked a lot about communication. Yes. And we really said communication, communicate, communicate, communicate. That's real important. And it is. It's important to dialogue a lot, and it's also important to pick up those nonverbal cues, yes. which is harder for those of us who are Aspies than, say, the neurotypical. Yes. Um, and, and for me to understand that you're getting so much more data coming at you just from the environment in general than I am, you are distracted easily. And having that piece of information for me has been helpful to not be so frustrated. <laughs> when I need to get your attention or I've had your attention and then it goes away really fast and you're gone. And that, and that <laughs> I mean, happens. you're in the room with me, but you're yes, gone. Yes, it does. And know? it happens quite a bit. So as an Aspie, it's a good idea to try to learn from your partner those cues or arrange special things. Like if your hand goes up, I know you're trying to get my attention. Or if you start waving your hands <laughs> over your head, it's real <laughs> important. You work things out like that mm -hmm. so that you can learn to pick up cues until you figure it out on your own. And then, oh, ah, that's a cue. Okay, I got it. That would be interesting if anybody in our audience had some things that they tried out. Yeah, know. that would be real interesting. Very interesting. I would love to hear about things like that. Something else that has come up in a little bit of research along the way. This is especially important for people who have been married a long time. Like we were married 30 plus years before we figured this out, that it was Asperger's. Finding the diagnosis, realizing yeah. it, it's a journey, it's a process. Yes, it you is. Know, it's... And one of the suggestions I'm putting forward is the idea of accepting the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Accept that person with Asperger's as a person with Asperger's. Uh, ASASD, however you need to say that. And like I had mentioned, well, I had to get to the point where I was accepting John for who he is and all of that entails just working with what we have. I mean, for me too, but that I think that really changed some things in our relationship. Would you agree? Did. I think it did. I was trying to make you into me because I thought me was okay, <laughs> especially in the early part of our marriage. And then when we find out 
we go, aha, the light bulb goes off. But then you have another struggle because you've got Asperger's. And since you know that's an answer, that's great. What do I do with it? What that do you do with thing. the information? Right. What do you do with the fact that, okay, you've forward. got this. How am I going to work this out? Did you notice a change when I stopped trying to change you? Or did you notice that I was stopping, that I had ceased to try to change you or that I was accepting you? Did you notice yes, that Yes, actually I did because it seemed like when we talked, we struggled a lot. It's almost mm-hmm. like we were arm wrestling. Yes. And once you dropped that idea and started being more acceptant of the diagnosis, then it became a little easier to, to talk about things because I could be frank and I wouldn't have to dance, or, dance around <laughs> uh-huh. things and make th- and give you long-winded explanations. Uh, you started to go, aha, the light bulb goes off for you. And, and then all of a sudden, and I had to do some of that too. Yes. Because I was trying to change you. So Right. But did, it, did you feel like it created some space for you to yes, be able to did. be transparent and vulnerable? Yes. Because, and more trusting yes. that you felt safer, I guess yes, is the yes, word. Yes, that, that was very big because I could drop my guard okay. and I could be myself. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like I could do that. But you seemed like you were, we were fighting, not mm-hmm. fighting as in, mm-hmm. but it was a struggle to get through conversations and working things out. And then all of a sudden we figured it out and, and it went better. Well, that, that leads... <laughs> we're still working on it. Yeah, we, we are. We've had pings of uh, enlightenment, but. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That brings up a, another suggestion, which would be try to stay positive. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good. With one another, because the tendency is pointing the finger, especially when you get frustrated. Mm-hmm. Well, this and this, and you're this and that, and that kind of a thing. But if you keep it positive and keep it upbeat, then it flows smoother. It works better. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. Yes. So with communication, now this is real personal to us as far as one of the things people on the spectrum struggle with is is eye contact. And that's important to me, but it doesn't happen very often, frankly. John, Just it's just difficult and it's something we may never work out. But And it looks like I'm not paying any attention to you. Yes. And sometimes you do disappear mentally. Yes. Like we were talking and then something happens that's distracted you and then you mm-hmm. go away, literally yeah. mentally. So when he's sometimes talking and not looking at me, and I think I think that is, that happens on and off in conversations. If you watch two people talk, eye contact generally in our culture is important. It, it sends messages that you're listening, paying attention, somehow trying to focus on the person. Sometimes when John is looking away from me, I will actually bring him back to focus. You know, I'll hold a hand up and I'm like, I'm here, I'm here. Yeah, she'll hold her <laughs> hand up say to the right or left, and then she'll move it towards her, and my eye will follow it. And yeah. then all of a sudden, oh, I'm back there. Oh, I'm back again. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Or or when you're talking, and, and it also, and this is just a communication style, but when you get going and then start going with the conversation, or, or the monologue, maybe. Yes, I, I start say. monologuing. Yes. Then I can bring you back to front and center stage of, oh, wait, there's two of us here and we're talking. So those are some little things that 
I just would have been mad before. I just would have been upset. I've been like, oh my gosh, he's not listening again or whatever. But because there's something going on in the, in the neurodiverse world here, that was to me a helpful thing to understand. And then we could have things cues for each other that aren't offensive, right. you know, or just to try to help each other. Yeah, right. I'm going to tell the story. Just okay, go ahead. When we were out today with our family, stopped over helping with some yard worky things. And our daughter, she's a social worker and very aware of the diagnosis. Family dynamics being what they were, she was trying to get your attention. And she was talking and she still has a difficult time realizing that she may be talking and you're not present <laughs> you are not present to the situation and then she gets frustrated because she feels unheard yeah and then so, that's right and it's like daddy's not hearing you you gotta wait till you have his attention and wait till he comes forward and i think those are things to good to remember and are help this is another suggestion when you're dating you tend to do a lot of stuff together because you find a lot of common things to do. Like some folks like to go out to movies and some people like to go out and take walks on the beach or wherever. Depends on where you live, obviously. Sidewalk in our case. Yes, not or in our the park. Case. We do have a park. Yeah, we do have a park. And so you do a lot of those things together. But then as you are married and as the years go by and your responsibilities change, you tend to start to do things on your own. Like I'll do something I like to do by myself. And she does things she likes to do by herself. Sometimes that's because of work schedules and other things. Perhaps try to make an effort to do things deliberately together that you both like. Get back into the habit of doing those things together. And you're ending up spending more time and actually kind of redating mm-hmm. all over yeah. again. Yeah, because we do spend in, in an initial part of a relationship you do spend a lot of time and effort on the relationship and and life happens responsibilities you know if you have a family with kiddos i mean all that just changes everything that changes the landscape give yourself space that there might be some years that you're working stuff out or trying to figure out times to to be together but i want to ask you sure how has that changed in your relating to me in our relationship? Did it change the way you looked at having a relationship instead of gliding? It, yes, and, and, yes know, because yeah. it helped me realize it isn't all me. Mm-hmm. It helped me realize that I was very inward mm-hmm. and not very outward. Okay. And so I had to kind of pick up on that and say, well, wait a second, I need to become more outward. I need to be more Outgoing isn't the right word, but I needed to be more cognizant of what you needed mm-hmm. and outside of myself. Mm-hmm. Because I was used to doing things and being by and thinking to myself. Mm-hmm. And that is true even after some years of marriage. Yes, it is. That, that has right. still been, it didn't just poof, you yeah, know. It, right, it didn't disappear once we got married. It was still it, there for it, well, a while. Well, I mean, it's still, I mean, and technically what you're saying is that that may still be something that you're still having. You, you'll have to navigate it always. Yes. That it's, you know, more comfy to... Um, shrink back. Yeah, shrink back, go inward. Yes. And... And you have to come out of that comfort zone to some degree. Probably more often than neurotypical in a situation, 
because I'm not dealing with all the external assaults on my senses. Senses, yeah, that would be the word. Yeah, I am not, you know, I'm here, I'm looking at you. That's pretty cool. The other things that are going on right now, you know, the little, your little stuffed parrot that's up there and the thing that's going on on the computer and the, the words, those aren't bothering me. They're bothering me. Yeah, I know they are. I mean, I'm I'm <laughs> caught missing everything in a single little room that we're in, and so I have to constantly look and train myself. You have got to look at her, and you've got to listen to her. Right. There is other stuff going on, yes. That's not important right now. And this may be a thing for each other to give each other space to know what we're doing right now is exhausting to you in a way that it is not exhausting to me. It is. And also the interactions day to day, work or, you know, other activities, you know, going to worship and being with people and visiting family and, and uh, you know, whatever, all of that for you is taking a greater I want to say emotional toll. Is that a fair to say that? it takes more energy. It takes emotional energy and physical energy to keep going with that, to to work through all of that. Another thing that I wanted to suggest to our audience is the idea of not only spending time together, but being willing to change the plan. Because sometimes the plan changes. I can tell you from experience, as from being one with Asperger's autism spectrum disorder, changing plan doesn't work well for me. I don't like it when the plan changes because I'm focused. I have the plan in my head. I've worked it out. I've run through it in triplicate. a bunch. In triplicate, <laughs> quadruplicate, <Wondered>. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm not ready for this new plan. I'm ready to do what we were planning to do originally, but now the plan has changed. So you have to kind of figure that into the mix that sometimes things are going to get spontaneous and you're going to have to change things, especially when you're dealing with family members mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. or friends yes. that might call or mm-hmm. somebody might have an emergency or right, right. something like that. Well, you have to be willing to mm-hmm. accept that and say, this is not an attack on you. Mm-hmm. It's just how life goes. Mm-hmm. And the your world Asperger's, is not attacking yes, you personally. Right, because your, yes. your Asperger's is saying, wait, no, this is not good. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. But life says, get used to it, brother. This is how <laughs> it's going to be. So that's something yes. that I think is real important. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yes. Uh, another one, and this is a private kind of matter, but you need to spend private time together and plan that a little bit. Yeah, I'm y- confused. You're looking totally confused. <laughs> I okay. am. I'm confused. Let so... me, let me, okay, yeah. I okay. can come right out and say it, is that sometimes our sexual needs are either way off the scale, real intense, or way off the scale, I'm not interested. Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to work that out with your partner. So for you that are neurotypical, it's kind of a negotiating thing where you need to discuss it a little bit. And being married, you can do that. You're allowed to talk about that. So try to work that out a little bit so both your needs are being met. I think where it's pertinent for this discussion is the fact that because of your sensory stuff, I think what's been difficult is sometimes touch is good. And I mean, you know, just even a pat on the shoulder 
sometimes that puts you off. Let's put it that way. And then other times it's like, okay, well, am I supposed to be affectionate? So that's where this can be difficult because I've been able to say, well, you know, that kind of hurt my feelings when you pulled away. I mean, and it's like, oh... I didn't, re- you know, you were... Yeah, because you've got to be willing to talk about that yeah. because it becomes a, an issue mm-hmm. if it isn't discussed at one point or another, uh, d- you know, during your relationship. I think yeah. th- that's just a quick little Aside. suggestion. <laughs> well, it's part, it, it, part and yeah, parcel. Quick little suggestion. Part and that, parcel. <laughs> yeah, part and parcel of the whole, of the whole gig. Of the kitten um, caboodle. <laughs> so and, we've gone over communications. We've gone over transparency. We've gone over things that come up and how to bring spontaneity uh, to the... Well, no, I'm not no. <laughs> no, not that. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, no, none of that is going to work. <clears throat> okay, we've discussed communication. We've touched on transparency. We've touched on a lot of relational things uh, between us mm-hmm. and personal things that go on between you and your personal you and your person. Yeah, and you and your person of interest. Um, your partner, your, your spouse. Your partner, your, your significant, that's it. You and your significant partner. And to be honest, we're running out of time. So if you have any more questions, if you'd like to talk about these things more, feel free to write john at aspieland.org. I'm sorry, you're raising say, your finger. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to say rate and review. That would be great. You know, thank uh, for those of you who are listening, if... If you'd like to give a rating or a review, that would be helpful. Questions would be awesome. If we don't have an answer, we can direct you to where the answer could be found. And we'd also like to hear from you and share share some of your uh, stories and victories and questions, concerns, anything. And yeah, and we're working we're working through this at the same time you're working through this. So. So we're all in this together. We're all in community together working these things out. And it's great to be able to help other people, I think, to help other people to be able to work on things and become more whole. Uh, as a um, as a married couple so yeah and um, and just as a person you know really living life and being able to live and enjoy life at its fullest yes absolutely thank you so much for listening to the uh, podcasts i really appreciate each and every single listener and we have listeners from several different countries lots of listeners in places other than the u.s it's really interesting but at any rate Thank you so much shout for listening. Shout out to all of you. Yeah, really. And uh, and and shout back to us. We're we're perfectly f- fine with that. Yeah, and um, thank you for allowing me to be part of this time. We know that uh, when people choose to listen, it's it's a choice. It's a time commitment. And we appreciate and we're humbled that uh, you would take the time to listen. So uh, we'll be back next time we talk in Aspie Land. Thanks for listening to the Aspieland Podcast. If you like this podcast, pass the word. This podcast is for everyone, whether you have Asperger's syndrome or not, because the more who listen, the better our opportunity to become more sensitive and compassionate, not only to those who have the disorder, but to all humankind as well. Thanks for visiting, and I hope you'll listen again.